Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Klassen, and today I sit down and interview Sherry Hamayun. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. So a little background on Sherry. Sherry is a holistic health entrepreneur and lifestyle coach who empowers people to live their most extraordinary life by developing an extraordinary mindset. She holds a bachelor's degree in community health and has always been drawn to the understanding of why we do what we do. She's overcome tremendous adversity and has seen the conversations of the ego mind. Her goal is now to bring awareness to more people who are conversing with their fear instead of love. Her mission is to inspire people to not die with their music still inside of them. She has a deep desire to reach people and show them that they are not alone. She teaches healing for the mind, body, and soul for both men and women. So I hope you guys enjoy today's interview. It is actually the perfect interview to be posting on. Today is actually Valentine's Day. Um, She really talks about light and love and just letting your light worker go out there in the world and spread your message. Um, She is also super inspirational. She talks how she's went through her dark times and has came out on top. So if anyone is battling some things, this is a perfect interview um, to listen to. And even if you're not, because she really helps you work through kind of that ego mind and how to come out on top of things. So I hope you guys enjoy today's interview as much as I did. Hi, welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. I'm so excited. I have Sherry Okay, I'm going to try to say it. Hamoyan. Is that right? Close. Very close. Um, I have Sherry with us today, and she is going to tell us a little bit more about herself. So, Sherry, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you got for us today? Yeah, well, thank you so much, Andrea, for having me on, for your audience, and to just share a little bit about what I do. I'm a holistic entrepreneur, and I'm really all about awakening hearts and just opening people up to realize their self-actualization and their their real purpose here on earth. Ooh, so how do you go about doing that? Well, it all starts with connecting and just meeting a place in yourself, first and foremost, connecting to a higher power so that you see the divinity in other people. And I think when you come from that place of love, meeting people is exciting. And so getting to know people and asking them questions and and just seeing how you can be of service, that's what I do. And that's how I lead my life as an example so that other people can really step into this realm as a light worker within themselves. So really awakening the heart of others throughout my own life and the way I lead my life. That's beautiful. So when you say, I just want to clarify for everyone, um, like light worker and like the lingo surrounding some of that. What does light worker mean to you? So light worker and really just opening myself up to be a light worker to me means coming from a space of love. And it's within us all. Everybody walking around is a light worker. And it's fun because a lot of people don't know it about themselves. And so my duty is to help people turn their own light on. And it goes deep. Like what I do with people is I go deep into their childhood and really helping them understand the God within them or for women, the goddess within them so that they can see, wow, there's so many limitations that we have that we don't even realize. So a light worker, I believe, is somebody who sees those limits within themselves and says, you know what? I decide 
to do the best I can to be the best version of me. And through that style of liberation, the, the hearts of other people start to awaken because the light is just so bright. You can't help but look at that person and want to model them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like we all have maybe we can all think of someone even right now in our lives that we can think that they have that something that we can't quite figure out what it is. But I definitely think it's probably that light that you're seeing within people. So how did you kind of discover this is something that you were interested in doing and helping others discover about themselves? Well, I think it started with my own personal journey and really coming face to face with my biggest fears. And I developed panic disorder right around the age of 23 to 25. And throughout that point, I felt like I was losing my mind. So the only sanity that I really had was this inner voice. And later I came to terms to realizing, okay, that's the voice of spirit. But in, at the time, I thought it was just you know, me and me being an encourager for myself. So I think when I saw the, the effects of our mindsets, like I was having thoughts that were totally against love, thoughts of self-hatred and thoughts of self-destruction literally like suicidal thoughts while I was on medication. And I was very conscious to it. I was very aware. I was introduced to the four agreements at a younger age. And I knew this awareness around it that the voice that was telling me to do something was not the voice of God. And what I think is that so many people, when they're in that darkness, they feel like they've got all their doors shut and that they feel alone and they feel scared because they are left with themselves. And when left to your own mind and believing what this ego mind starts telling us, that was real. And when I saw how I had to stand up for myself and say, wow, I've got to become my own life coach right now. Otherwise I'm about to die. So it's really choosing life over death and then understanding and having that level of compassion where I said, wow, God gave me a second chance. And I said to him, like I said to my own higher power that I would be in service of him if he would just get me through those darkest days. And then when I came out on top and I really had my biggest breakthrough, finding God and just understanding the power and the limitless opportunities that we all had, I couldn't help but feel like, oh my God, I have to tell my family and my family being every single person walking around on this earth. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. So was this like, was this a two year journey then for yourself while you were in this kind of dark state? Oh yeah, this, (laughs) I think of the two years really as being the fight of my life. And it's fascinating to me because this level of consciousness that I had throughout it, I could, I could just tell that I was spiraling in a really bad direction because I was learning so many lessons at a young age and the lessons being you know, success without fulfillment is failure. And I reached a point in my career at a very young age, at 24, making six figures, and I felt spiritually bankrupt and nothing mattered. And when I reached that point of darkness, it was me questioning myself, like, is this all there is? Is is this literally all there is? Because I'm crying every night. I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not seeing a compelling future. I felt stuck in a career that posed this negative idea that I would never be able to make six figures with my background and my experience. I had this self-limiting belief. 
so it was really a jungle. And I go through that jungle still, but I have so much more light within me now that I've understand, now that I have understood and can understand why I went through that jungle. And why do you think you did? Really to see it, to see it, to feel it, to experience it, because I feel like God gave me that problem because he knew I was strong enough to get through it. And he sees that I was shaped into a different person. Like I see the sights of depression and bipolar, depression type two. And then I see how people are so quick to self-medicate themselves and to run and to avoid the present moment because that present moment is just so scary and so overwhelming that you want to run from yourself. And I see it. And like when I was going through it, I just kept, I knew everything would be okay. And God gave me the angel of a partner, a boyfriend who would just hold me while I cried. And literally he saw it. He knew he couldn't do anything about it. I was on disability for work. And the self-worthlessness that I felt was really strong. And I felt like God showed it to me. He showed it to me because he said, look, this is how dark people can see it. Like this is some straight up pain. And then where those suicidal thoughts would come in, God would always give me an imprint of something positive. So for example, when I was 16 years old, going through a horrific eating disorder, I hit the first rock bottom. And in those moments of feeling so numb and so far from yourself, I remember I had these thoughts to slit my wrist. And as I went to go do it, the sight of one of my girlfriends from childhood came to my mind. And in that moment, I said, no, I can't do this. Like, this is no, this is, this is not right. And I feel like that type of awareness is something that people don't realize is within themselves. And so, yeah, that's, that was the journey I feel like of my life. And I had to see it because now I knew I'm so much stronger and I can be that leader for other people out of that style of darkness. So how do you think that you kind of pulled yourself out of there? Was it like one kind of turning point in those two years or was it just kind of slowly kind of bringing awareness back to what you needed to heal? What was kind of that turning point for you? I honestly believe it's the biggest miracle of my life came through the form of a man named Jeffrey Combs. And I say that because he introduced me to a, a level of consciousness that I had not previously known. And I look at it as a true miracle, the way Marianne Williamson explains a miracle being a shift from fear to love. And in the moment, I'll never forget it, I was sitting at a kitchen table and it was about 10.30 at night and I was really, really in a bad place, dark, and just having negative thoughts about myself and about my future. And I had recently been introduced to a company which ended up you know, changing my life, but this man in that moment started to talk to me about anxiety. And at that time, I was on lithium, I was on clonopin. I had gone through uh, the previous six months of trying a cocktail of every single antidepressant and antipsychotic you can think of. So when I reached that point and I hear this man, it was fascinating, Andrea, because he was calibrating at such a high level, this level of <clears throat> consciousness where when you get around somebody like this, which in my mind is, is the ultimate light worker, right? So I was around him. I started listening to how he was explaining why we do what we do, right? So this is a man that's totally invested in himself, has done a lot of personal work, and he's explaining how anxiety is a reflection of perceived pain and why we avoid things that we perceive as painful. 
And at that time in my life, I was avoiding work, right? So I was on disability and I was having panic disorders as a pharmaceutical rep, having to go into offices, something so easy. And I was crippled by shaking anxiety. I couldn't even leave my house out of fear. And then he came in and introduced me to this, this wisdom. And in that moment, it was like everything shifted. It was a moment that all of a sudden, it's like the darkness and, and being in a closet, all of a sudden he opened the door and this light came in. And the self-limiting belief that was trying to kill me was the belief that I'm not good enough and the belief that there's something wrong with me. And what Jeff did is he showed me, he's like, look, there is nothing wrong with you. You can heal your life. And in that moment, I said, uh, that's it. I'm, I'm getting off of these medications. Enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not feeling bad about myself anymore. And now he was, you know, someone who I could throw myself into and immerse myself with his wisdom, get around him so I could just keep him in my ears so that as my mind was trying to kill me, he would help me start trying to flex my, my mental muscles. And I think that's really what led and has assisted me through having that big breakthrough. So I know that's something that you believe in is kind of the power of the mind to heal the body. Um, so that's kind of one example of people and you going through that. You know, how can people use their mind as a tool to help them rather than hurt them? Well, that's definitely a great question because I feel like a lot of people deal with self-hatred in different ways. And it's, it's the worst thing because we have so many thoughts, over 50,000 thoughts, and a lot of them are the same, and a lot of them are so negative. And I believe a lot in something called the ego mind, which is this false self. It's literally this set of beliefs that is not invested in love. And I think it's so critical to show people alignment and show people how your mind can produce different biochemicals. When I was having my panic attacks, I was making myself sick. And when I was crying at night, I cried every single night and I couldn't get out of my head. I could not shut my brain off. I told my doctor, I can't get out of my head. And he went and tried to prescribe me Ambien without really showing me that, wait a minute, Sherry, what are you focusing on? And that I think is so huge because I was focusing on the going to work the next morning and I didn't want to go to sleep because I dreaded going to work and I dreaded having to wake up literally every night. I tried to extend the time I could stay awake because I just didn't want to wake up. And every time I'd wake up, it's like the first thing I started thinking about was everything I didn't want to happen. And then when you learn that, wait a minute, your thoughts become things and your thoughts are actually manifesting your entire world and that you don't have to feel like that. When I realized that it was a whole new perception and literally a shift from a world full of, full of fear to all of a sudden seeing through that lens of love and being able to transcend any thoughts that don't come from love. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so, so useful. And I think I went through that a little bit more of my body just being like, you need to listen to what I'm doing. Cause my body is shut down on me a few mm. times, you know, when I used to run a very ragged schedule of, you know, pretty much 5am until 10pm working straight through not home eating on the run and then like it would just shut down on me pretty much like clockwork every Friday evening and like I would be throwing up and like 
all of this stuff. And so sometimes your body and like that wisdom of, okay, I need to listen or, you know, even your mind, your, your things will shut down if, you know, you're not doing and listening to the way you should be to your own body, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just important. I feel like self-love, a lot of us forget who we are deep down and we base, you know, I go very spiritual where I take it down to like looking at a spiritual birth certificate. Like, where do you think you came from? Like, why do you believe you're not a winner when you're one out of a hundred million sperm? That is the reason why you're here. Like, yes, you are a winner. Like, what are you doing? You know, like really awakening people to see their full potential because quite frankly, we grow up in a society where it's like, if we don't show ourselves that level of self-care, right, we can't expect other people to do it for us. Mm-hmm. That's so true. What are some self-care techniques that you use to this day? A lot of it is self-personal affirmations that are positive. And I noticed that that was very important for me because of the eating disorder that I went through. I saw myself trying again to kill myself. Like I saw these thoughts that were not of love, very highly critical, this level of perfectionism. And it wasn't me. Like, quite frankly, it's, it's when you live in this level of fear, the ego mind takes hold and it, it drives your life. So ultimately just coming back to a place of love and, and doing that through meditation, right? So connecting meditation for me, I didn't even realize that I was being critical of myself and allowing the ego mind to try and take meditation away from me by trying to make me feel like I wasn't doing it right or make me feel like what I was trying to do, like, what's the purpose? And so, you know, like, and this happens to, to everybody. And it's, it's finding the spirit and say, wait a minute, this is, this is the opportunity where I get to talk to God because in that silence that we reach through meditation, that's God's voice. And when you can give yourself that, that's a treat. That's like treating the soul and we don't do it enough. So I saw for me how quick my mind used to be at judging myself, right? Like, oh, you're ugly. You're so fat. This looks bad on you. Look at your hair. Oh, you look old. You look tired. Don't go out. And so self-affirmations are huge. I do a lot of meditations. I love to treat my inner girl with different things like having candles all around the house. My inner girl loves bubble baths and playing a lot of relaxing, soothing music and really just allowing myself to receive love by giving love. And so I make it a point to really touch somebody. I love doing Facebook Lives because every morning I know I can at least touch one person with a message of love. And that to me is an act of self-care. That is amazing. So in terms of, you know, just the self-care, is that one of the ways that you kind of have become more self-aware? And is that how you teach other people to become more self-aware? Yeah, absolutely. Having a daily spiritual practice, I believe is so crucial because otherwise the negative thoughts, everything's going to come in. And it's really about coming back to that space, giving yourself that space where you can honor the emotions that are coming up. You can honor the things that have gone on each day, right? So a lot of us judge ourselves for what we did or did not do. And I feel like meditation just gives you that space to balance or, you know, connecting to your inner girl or doing something that you love, right? Like, so every day I try and do something that I love. And a lot of that comes with 
listening to a podcast or reading a book. I, I do a lot of uh, audiobooks, giving myself 45 minutes to learn from Tony Roberts or learn from Brene Brown or learn from Marianne Williamson so that I can have something to really focus on, whether it's going to be something that's going to help me with my mindset, maybe it's something that's going to help me with my attitude or my activity, just really making sure that I'm aligning myself and coming from that space of service. And one of the words that you had said was judgment and releasing that judgment. Um, is that something that you try to teach people? I know that's something that I want to work on, um, you know, going into the next year. Cause I just find that judgment is just, it is everywhere and you don't even necessarily try to do it, but you see yourself subconsciously judging yourself or judging others. You know, how is one way that you kind of work through that judgment? Well, I think it's all about awareness, really about awareness, because, you know, other people are no more a child of God than you are. Right. So when you recognize that and you own that and you say, you know what, this is who I am. And when you look at other people, you see the God and you honor the God. It's like the word namaste. I bow to the divine within you. Right. It's taken on this level of consciousness where you see what an ordinary level of consciousness will do for you. Right. So you see what judgment does. It causes you to suffer. It causes you to look through a lens that says that you're separate from me. And that's not alignment. That's not God. That's not you and your higher self. That's you and your ego when you straight up try and judge. And a lot of people walk around in their ego because they don't know better. They don't know. They've forgotten and they see judgment and they feel judgment. And then they, they say things and they don't know that it's a reflection of them. Because quite frankly, once you know something and you do it, now you now there's that sense of guilt. Now there's this sense of awareness of, okay, I'm choosing. I'm choosing. Even though I know that this person is, is, is just as much a child of God as I am, I'm choosing now to see them as separate than me. And that's not me honoring the God within me. That's me honoring the ego. And when you do that, it leads to problems. It leads to suffering. However, people have to learn that. Right. So there's that lesson. And people will either dive into something like personal development where they'll establish this sense of consciousness with themselves. So they see, hey, I'm showing up. This is how I show up. I can't be reactive if I'm judging or if I feel like there's something lacking. It's really a reflection of what I'm not giving. Right. So coming from that place of what am I not giving in this moment? And maybe you're just not giving someone the respect. The judgment is a lack of respect. So when you're judging someone, if we can all start to awaken to this real philosophy of, hey, the words that are coming out of my mouth, if they're not serving you, then they're not coming from love. And I'm responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. So I feel like it's really people growing into this self-responsibility for the way they're showing up. And that's where I think I come in and I awaken people to say like, wait a minute, if you're judging people, you're gonna start suffering. You're gonna start making assumptions and quite frankly, you don't have to feel that way and you don't have to live your life that way. So here's the better way. I love that, the judgment and you're not respecting them. I've never thought of it like that, but that is, I mean, something that I think on a human level, most people can relate to is like, wow, I'm judging them and that shows I don't respect them. And I mean, respect is something I feel, um, I mean, it's just so huge. If we give people respect, I think that, you know, helps cure some of that ego's that we do have going on there out in the world, you know, just respecting each other. 
Absolutely. And people are meant to be celebrated. Like even yourself, you are someone to be celebrated and it's living with that confidence and that's identifying your value and your worth while you're here, like owning that power. Because when you do that, you see the God in yourself, you see it. And once you see it, when you look at other people, you can't help but see the God in them. And like, if they do something that upsets you now, instead of being reactive, you start to say, wait a minute, let me self-analyze this for a hot sec and see what it, what's going on. Like if I'm feeling like somebody just got me all upset or all riled up, instead of lashing out like we see so many people do with more hate, we can come back to this place of love and say, where am I not loving? Right? Where am I judging someone? Where am I assuming? Where am I expecting? And that right there, that's a level of consciousness that takes people time to develop and remember and it's really about somebody's willingness because they can be willing to see the light in people when they feel like it right but then let's say something bad happens and then all of a sudden they're going off on a you know they're going crazy crazy so it's really about again that self-discipline and understanding that nobody is better than you and you are no different and no better than anybody else we are one and that connection is huge and it all starts with you. Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, something that is vital for us as humans just to kind of get, and I know one of the things that I had seen on your website is that you did talk a little about ego and that's something that I've, you know, been exploring um, as of late just because I think it's such a, um, you know, I just had a baby nine months ago and I feel like there was so much ego related, you know, things with me being like, okay, I didn't lose the weight right away. You know, and so that kind of like hit my ego. And so some of those things, I'm like, wow, I'm really diving into this and, you know, going through that process and realizing, okay, is this something I need? Is this something that's serving me? Or is this something that, you know, is just ego related? I just, I really want to do push-ups on my toes, for instance, but I know it's not good for my shoulder anymore. It's just, it's not going to happen. So like just little things like that, that I can consciously bring in and I'm hoping with bringing in the little things, I'll start noticing some of those bigger things that might be attaching my, you know, itself to my ego. Yeah. And that's huge. And, and I love that you've got a nine month old and really taking a look at how you're showing up because it's huge. Now you get to be that beautiful role model for somebody that you're so close with, such as a, a daughter or son. And you know, quite frankly, it's easy to love the lovable parts about yourself and the real journey. And I tell this to everybody, the real journey is loving the parts of ourselves that we feel aren't lovable. And that's, that's huge. When you see why, why so many women go through post-traumatic stress disorder after pregnancy, it's because they feel like now they've been taken so far away from themselves and they they judge themselves and they remind themselves of the way they used to look and they seriously torture themselves. We do it as women. We torture ourselves with this imaginary blueprint that we've created. And so we miss out on, on really loving ourselves for who we are, allowing who we are to be enough in each moment. So that way we can show up in the present moment whether it's with, you know, your family or whether you're out with people or whether you're just, you know, talking to a crowd of people sharing your beliefs, you get to be the one who says, you know what, I love myself. And that's the most important relationship that I will ever have is with my spirit and with myself and with God and knowing that I am perfect the way I am, regardless of what my ego mind is trying to tell me.
Yeah, I think that's something a huge that a lot of women, you know, do need to hear after having a baby is there is a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, with hormones and with shifting bodies and taking care of if it's your first child, taking care of a child is, you know, that is eye opening in itself. And I think, you know, having that compassion is something that, you know, I wish I would have talked to you nine months ago. And I would have been like, oh, okay, you know, take the time. It is okay. You know, rather than rushing back and feeling like we need to, because that's what society tells us when really that might not be what's serving you. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. It's all about, you know, not looking for ways life can serve us, but for ways we can serve life with who we are today, you know? Totally. And I know one of the areas that we had talked about earlier with the anxiety and depression, um, you know, what do you tell people who might be silently battling this? Cause I know, um, you know, especially after postpartum too, I've met people who it might, it can be up to that first year that people can battle that. And so it can come out of nowhere. Um, and I've, you know, had a few people who kind of came out of the woodworks essentially and are battling it silently. What can you do to kind of help people seek help when they might need help or how can you help them get kind of advice or who to go to, what to turn to? Yeah, well, it's always tough because I, I have so much, you talk about compassion, so much compassion for people that are going through darkness because I see the wrath, I see the darkness, I see the beliefs, I feel the the worry and the shame and the guilt and just feeling so separate. So the first thing I always say is, look, everything is going to be okay because their beliefs right now are telling them different. The ego is trying to kill them. And when we look at that and you see why people are committing suicide, it's because dying actually becomes more attractive than living. Like that's the level of compassion we got to have for people. So when you, right away, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And really taking on the, the sight of God and saying, you know what, when you want to get out of out of your mind and you want to come back home, you want to reverse the ego's hold on you. You got to serve the needs of others. When you serve the needs of others, all of your needs will be fulfilled. And I think what happens is the ego loves to tell people that they have no purpose, that they're worthless, that nothing's ever going to work out, that it's just right again, just pushing them closer and closer to the edge of their map. I want to show people like, Hey, you can go out and, sh and surround yourself with people who are going to uplift you and remind you of the greatness that you are and help you refocus because people in darkness, they're so focused on all of the, all of the ugly quote unquote, ugly parts about themselves. And yet they don't see that through one shift in perception through understanding that God's with them and that there is a higher power, that it's not just them. It's not just them against the world. It's not just them having to figure out their problems. That's when it gets scary. So what I tell people is like, look, we got to repair this relationship you have with your own spirit, because that's going to be the voice that comes in and talks you off the ledge. That's going to be the voice that comes into your dark room and says, everything's going to be okay. And that's where I connect with people because my voice my spirit is the one that came to me. I just didn't even know what it was at the time. I didn't know it was the voice of God that was saying, no, don't do this. No, you don't have to take your car into a wall. Just quit this job, right? But other people, when they don't feel like they have any other reason to live, if they feel like there's no God inside of them, 
that's where I go there and I say, look, we got to first repair this relationship. And I'll usually refer someone to check out a book. I'll usually refer them to, to look at some uh, videos so that they can see, hey, this is somebody that's calibrating at a high level. Right. And that's where I do my best to calibrate at that high level. So if somebody is drawn into me, I know that God has led them to me so that I can serve them. And that's why I, I know that for me, I want to be that one that says, you know what, no matter who I'm with, I want to leave them better than I found them because nobody knows the story behind the mask. You know, like we don't know what people are going through. And that's why judgment and I see the cyber bullying and just people who are attacking and coming from this place of competition. And like this person is not connected, like they don't see the connection. And so they feel separate. And you see where fear, you see where the ego lashes on. And that's why I think for me, it's anything that I can show someone how to reverse that ego's hold, how to really give them the tools to rise up within themselves, to become their own life coach, right? Because half of them don't even want to talk to anyone. So I'm like, look, you don't even get a life coach. You have to become your own life coach. You got to be the hero now. No one's going to come and save you. You got to go to God. God's going to be the one who's going to save you. And if you think otherwise, that's where it's like, oh, you just really start to lose your, your reason for being here. Does that make sense? Totally. So in that, um, you know, it sounds like, do you do yoga personally to like help you kind of reach that point or meditation at all? Yeah, absolutely. I just recently started doing a little bit of Bikram yoga with the 26 positions and, and just being in intense heat, like different styles of yoga. I do a lot of Kundalini yoga. I do a lot of transcendental meditation type of yoga. And I do a little bit just from home even. I love the stretches. I love the positions. And most of all, I believe everybody deserves to learn yoga just so they can connect with their breath and the prana and the life force energy that runs through our veins that's within all of us. That's like really taking self-care, a look at self-care, doing yoga is a self-care ritual. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more because that's where I always tell people too, like just getting that prana and that energy to flow if you're feeling stagnant in, in anything, in ideas or just in your life, you know, getting some movement can help you kind of release some of that. Um, and speaking of the yoga, because you do kundalini, I'm curious, have you had any like breakthroughs with kundalini? I've only done it once and I really want to try a few more classes about it, but I have heard, um, one of my guys who's a mentor of mine, who was like, oh, if you're not really grounded in it, it can really do some crazy things. So I'm always curious if anyone's had any kundalini experiences. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, I studied a lot of the sexual energy and Kundalini is right up in there when you start talking about, you know, mixing the masculine and the feminine. I do a lot of studying and a lot of uh, personal work and apprenticeship right now in divine feminism. And you look at something like Kundalini and Tantra and this level of understanding the weaving of the masculine and the feminine. And when you can look in somebody's eyes even and connect and, and it's like your souls just connect and you can rise the, the, let the energy start to rise within you. And it's exhilarating. It's happened to me multiple times because a lot of the work that I do is with helping people tap into that. 
right? So I will do breath work where I've got my hand on somebody's chest, they've got their hand on my chest and I'm looking at them. And this could be like a 65 year old man. And I'm saying, look and look at me, like, and your eye contact, I believe is huge. And then when you look at Kundalini meditation and just being with yourself and, and allowing that, again, the prana energy, and I even classify the Shakti energy for women just coming on through, and you pair that with the intelligence of what they call the yoni, Sanskrit word for the women's like abdominal region, the genital region, just picturing the power. It's just, I think, in, I think again, for all women, that should be taught. That should be something that we all can connect to because that's the inner girl. That's the essence. That's the sexual power. This is why so many women that get sexually abused or are traumatized at a young age, they lose connection with that. And they, you know, like that's why it's so important that we start teaching this and more people start spreading the awareness because it's, it's so powerful and it's such an incredible breakthrough. I know for me, it was really this year that I learned it. And then I follow a lot of Gabrielle Bernstein's work. I follow a lot of Dr. Wayne Dyer's work where he talked about Japa meditation. So I really try and immerse myself in everything because I believe why not, right? This is our life. Why not learn everything that's going to help us connect to ourselves? Is there anyone else that you follow for inspiration besides Gabby and Dr. Wayne Dyer? Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge, like, I, I think of my circle of influence and I'm like, okay, my circle of my five people that I'm closest with are the people that I'm listening to all day long, every single day. So Marianne Williamson, Gabrielle Bernstein, this woman, Barbara DeAngelis, who is amazing, Cheryl Richardson, a lot of authors from Hay House, that, which is a publishing uh, center, but they do conventions and they do seminars such as the I Can Do It convention where you can see this beautiful woman named Anita Morjani who wrote a book about dying. She literally died. And you want to get a level of consciousness, right? You you listen to a woman who's died and come back and or you look at someone like Louise Hay, Louise Hay and books like uh, You Can Heal Your Life and You Can Heal Your Mind. The woman created a career at the age of 60, literally an abused woman at the age of 60, you look at what she's doing. And then you even look at some of the role models like Oprah and following Oprah's story, like that's a role model right there. I will listen to whatever Oprah is leading me to. And you know, so spiritual teachers, Tony Robbins, I am, I'm fascinated with Tony Robbins and I really, my goal and I feel like my purpose is to take the wisdom of generational leaders and even go deep, like go to people like Latzu and you look at the, the people that Dr. Wayne Dyer was starting to unearth and taking their wisdom and bringing it to today and showing people like, hey, we've been talking about seeing the divine in others two, over 2,000 years ago. Right. And like and, and reminding people that like they're just because they might not be religious, it doesn't matter. Like you can still create a relationship with a higher power. Right. And really giving some people that opportunity because they might be growing up in a, an environment where it might be shunned upon or it might be, you know, just a different belief. And so I think it's so important so that these leaders are coming out more and more and more like Gabrielle Bernstein. And then you just see so many, uh, her movement with what she's doing, creating light workers and Marie Forleo on the business side, really like helping these spiritual entrepreneurs take their, 
game to the next level. And then you've got like Grant Cardone, who's going to teach you sales skills so you can take your message and build that confidence. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be surrounded. I look at Tara Romano. I look at uh, my, my buddy, Joel Brown, who's the founder of Addicted to Success magazine. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the caliber of of people who are living at their highest potential. Like, yeah, I want to surround myself with them, listen to them, do whatever they're doing. I want to be around these people. So I look to whoever is really spreading a positive message and allowing their life to be their message. And those people, Barbara DeAngelis, Jeffrey Combs, Dr. Wayne Dyer, the wisdom that they can give you is priceless. Totally agree. Now, when did you start listening to all of these people? You know, was that in the last few years or did you start kind of tapping into that, you know, during your darker times? Great question. So believe it or not, the way I was introduced to personal development was through a stranger. I was at a bar and this man walked up to me and he had been listening to what I was saying and the verbiage I was using was very negative. And he just said like, hey, have you ever heard of the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? And I said, absolutely not. What's that? And I was so desperate at the time because I had just recently been rejected by an ex-boyfriend and I had never dealt with rejection. So I, of course, went home. I rent, I ordered the book. I got the book. I was blown away by the four agreements. And it was so simple. It was so simple. And then what I did is I not only just read the book, I went and applied it. And what happened as a result of me applying it was something that I never could have imagined. And it ultimately, in my belief, happened so that I could see the power of personal development because instead of judging this man who I thought rejected me and that was the that was the fearful mindset I had this guy introduces me to the four agreements I say you know what I got fourth agreements I got to do my best I can't make assumptions I can't take this personally and I got to be really honest with my words so I just called him up and I said you know I just want you to know that you're a phenomenal person and that this has no reflection of you know, anything, I have no animosity against you. And I just wish you all the love in the world. And five weeks later, this kid wrote me a five page letter about his own personal self-hatred, how he pushed me away because he had hated himself so much. He didn't think, how could a woman this beautiful love me? So when I, yeah, like when I saw that, I was right there. I made the commitment to myself and I said, I'm telling every single person I meet about the four agreements. And then in my pursuit, I knew this level of personal freedom. So I started my journey through self-discovery and personal development starting there. And that was back in college. So I was about 22, 21, 22 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Like just a random chance that this guy would, you know, introduce you to that book and really change your life. Yeah, it's it's another light worker that literally just heard a woman in need showed up, said, look, this is the miracle, right? So people are given miracles every freaking day. We're given miracles just from waking up, but we don't see it. I was ready to see it because I remember I had that level of praying. Like I prayed a lot because I grew up in the Baha'i faith, which is, is just invested in light. It was all about the emerging of every single religion or like the, the symbol was the nine pointed star. And even though I didn't declare to that faith, it still brought me up with understanding that 
you, there is a higher power. So when that happened and I saw how this beautiful boy had sent me this message that made me cry and it moved me, I was like, wow, this is what I like. This is a straight up sign. And I said, I am meant to introduce this book because they like so many people are suffering. And that type of book teaches you how to not needless suffer, mm-hmm. you know? That is amazing. Um, I've enjoyed our conversation immensely. And I know that other people have, I'm sure, as well. Um, and I want to know, where can we connect with you at? Where do you like to hang out? So I'm a big Facebook girl. I love Facebook. I love receiving messages. So anyone that really wants to connect with me, jump on my Facebook. It's a Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, last name Homayoon, H-O. M-A-Y-O-O-N. And every Monday through Friday, I go live at 8.30. I generally talk about something in regards to self-development, personal development. I'm all about spreading the, the divine wisdom and the insight and the lessons that I've learned so that people know they're not alone. And so that's definitely a great way to reach me as well as my website. So right now, it's just my first name, Sherry, the letter A as in apple, Z as in zebra, and then my last name, homeyoon.com. And that's a great way to really just see the library. So I put up a great personal development library. I have a own section, its own section as personal development where you can go on, put your music up, preferably go on to a laptop and go onto my website. There's a lot of beautiful music by a woman named Jay Jagdish. So if anyone's really looking to meditate or feel better or change their state, I'd say either Facebook or my website. Mm. Yes, and I was on her website, and I agree. The music is amazing. (laughs) And I know you also are offering a 15-minute coaching session. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I, I love to serve. I feel like we're made to give. And when I wake up every morning, I look to reach people. I'm a very... Uh, outgoing, introverted person. So I do a lot of work from home and I love anything that I can do to connect with someone, to spread a message of love, or, you know, I come with so many opportunities to grow. I can, I can really be of service to people. So I love to listen and just be that sounding board and to offer any type of clarity or insight or, you know, even if it's just a direction, right? So you might come to me and just be like, I'm feeling lost. What's like a good book that you recommend? I love being like, yo, let's go to the four agreements, then the mastery of love. And let me introduce you to Jen Sincero with you are a badass. Like, let me find out where you're struggling so that I can show up and give you the best direction that I can give. So that 15 minute coaching call is quick. Right. But I go through a lot of questions. I just get to know you. I really am there to serve. So that 15 minutes, I look to just be of greatest service for the person that I'm connecting with and give them my absolute attention. Mm, That is amazing. Now I have last couple questions. One that I always like to ask everyone, what does peaceful power mean to you? Peaceful power means to me being in connection with the God within, literally God is power. That's that inner power. That's that knowing state. That's the state when I wake up, I know who I am, but it's not a force. 
right? So peaceful power to me is coming from a space of absolute and unconditional love. And when you have that peaceful power, you know, there's no one that's going to stop you. There are no limitations because you have to take on this mindset of I am God. I am that I am. We're a divine speck of our creators. So when we can really reach this place of peaceful power, it becomes fun because you don't take yourself so seriously. You understand that it's all right. You don't have to be right. It's better to be happy. Like you just start to really lighten up and things just start to brighten up in your life. So I feel like peaceful power is knowing exactly who you are, knowing that, you know what, I have a gift, I have a purpose, I'm alive, I have a heartbeat, I'm meant to be here, and I'm gonna live my life at my highest potential, and everything's gonna be okay, because I'm gonna be in the greatest service for all of humanity. Oh, that is amazing. Being of service, I love it. And being true to you, oh, it's great. Mm. So my last question for you is actually a little challenge. So I like to pose out a challenge to all the listeners for the upcoming week. Um, what weekly challenge would you like to give the listeners this upcoming week? Ooh, love it. So I challenge you to really pick up a book and, and really get honest with yourself about what type of personal development are you doing right now? So I say, if you're doing about 10 minutes, right, let's up it to 20 minutes. If you're not doing any personal development right now, then start with 10 minutes. So my challenge is incorporating at least 10 minutes into your daily activities right now, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of how many children you have, everybody has 10 minutes. So making the challenge for let's, let's make it for December, even if you don't want to make it for just the week or the month, like making it for December to challenge yourself to personal development and also, and also just to add this beautiful little caveat is to challenge yourself to see the God in other people. Challenge yourself to see the divine, to really show up as your best self and to take responsibility for how you're showing up, right? So challenging yourself to do that. So when you get angry, you challenge yourself, you count down from five, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, I'm here. What am I doing? Oh, I'm not showing up. I'm judging this person. Sherry said, I, I'm challenged to see the God in her, but she's pissing me off. Well, now, you know, it, it literally helps you shift back to this state of appreciation. So I challenge every single person listening to this to really do that for themselves and for the people around them. I love it. I, we have not had those challenges so that I'm looking forward to doing those this coming week as well. Or in February, because I think this will be posted in February. So the month of February, everyone. Perfect, perfect. All right. So I had such a pleasure talking to you today, Sherry. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom for anyone? I'd say want more for others than you do for yourself. Really coming from that place of love, right? Be an appreciator. Know that you are an object of well-being. You emanate from a state of well-being. You are love. So the more you can connect to love, notice the resistance that come up. Notice these thoughts that say you can't, you can't do something or that you lack something. You don't lack anything. So really understanding that you are God, the saying I am that I am coming back to that space, whether it's every morning, whether it's every morning, uh, whether it's every morning or moment, doing that for yourself so that, again, you can show up and say, I honor the God in me and I bow to the God in you. Mm, I feel like saying namaste. That was perfect. Mm, yes. Namaste. Thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. 
And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.